Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Across the UK, online and on DAB. A mid-morning dance with the devil. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction and expert analysis from some of the biggest names in Westminster. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Live from Westminster on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio coming to you live from College Green in Westminster. We're outside the mother of all parliaments. It's a blustery, rainy day that promises to be the most important yet of Theresa May's Prime Minister Prime Ministerial reign. Last night she gained made an 11th hour dash to Strasbourg where she claims to have gained legally binding changes to the agreement that was rejected in the House of Commons in January. Demeanour at the press conference is nothing to go by. She looked dejected, defeated, worn out and inevitably broken by the entire process. You might feel sorry for the woman. You might even think she has moved the dial on Brexit. But one thing is for sure, this isn't what she wanted. It's not what the voters wanted. And it's also not what Britain wanted. But guess what? It's the next best thing we're going to get. So I think it's time our lawyers, our MPs, our advisors and our political players all got behind it. The big question is, will they do it? And will they do it over there later on tonight? 0344-499-1000. We'll have a host of pundits and politicians on the show this morning. But most importantly, we want to hear from all of you as well. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio, live from Westminster. The fallout, the fury, the future. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Live from Westminster. Order! On Talk Radio. It's a very blustery day down here in Westminster. The rain is just about beginning to fall. There's an awful lot of MPs milling around. There's an awful lot of uh, decision-making to be done. I'm joined this morning, first of all, by two key players uh, in the Tory party, Andrew Bridgen uh, on my left uh, and David Davis on my right, both of whom want to leave the European Union, both of whom uh, were around last night to find out what Theresa May was bringing back from Strasbourg this morning. Uh, there's going to be cabinet meetings. We're going to wait to hear from Geoffrey Cox, the Attorney General, who so far uh, seems to be just swearing at John Snow on Twitter. Uh, much, much more to talk about. Let's start David Davis first. David, a very good morning to you. Morning, um, I know you were in Newport last night, but um, has anything changed? Has the dial been moved? Are we now suddenly uh, about to leave the European Union? Well, I think there's a lot more clarity now that the backstop is going to be temporary and that we'll be well within our rights to tell everyone to get lost in two years' time. I mean, I, th- I look back three years. I've, I've campaigned for Brexit for as long as I've been in politics. and I was one of those who rebelled in the initial vote, I think, t- 2011, 2012. Uh, if you'd have said to me that we could have this three years ago before the referendum, I'd have taken it without a shot. I think most of us would have done. It was never going to be an easy thing to pull out the EU. And there have been some very dark forces, frankly, trying to stop this from happening, still trying to stop this from happening within government, within the civil service, within some parts of the media. They're not here, I'm glad to say. Very much not in the tent uh, of show not, here at all. Certainly Radio. not in, in the Mike Graham Republic. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's there. So I think this is going to be the best chance we will ever get to leave the European Union. And I think... I'd appeal to everyone, all the Brexiteers who, I, who I'm with 100%, like Andrew and, and um, Jacob Rees-Mogg. Uh, this is going to be our best chance. We've got, to, we've got to take this. So you think this is the time to get behind Theresa May? I put out a tweet earlier saying, is it time to back Theresa May or is it time to sack Theresa May? Andrew Bridgen uh, is here with me, a very vocal critic uh, of the European Union. Um, what's your take on it, Andrew? Well, um, I'm, I'd love to believe everything that David's saying and that this is going to be you know, the big chance to get out. 
Um, I'm hugely suspicious that the ink's not even dry on the paperwork. We were here, and the statement wasn't until gone 10 o'clock last night. Uh, then we got the papers, the documents, which I took home, and I was trying to wade through until <coughs> 2 this morning. And then we're going to be told that you know we've waited two and a half years for this, but we've got to vote on it today. I haven't seen uh, Geoffrey Cox's legal opinion uh, of the changes. I haven't seen the Star Chamber from the ERG's lawyers' view on this. And if it's as good as the Prime Minister says it is, What's wrong with waiting 24 hours letting us really study this? Because this is the biggest vote we're ever going to have. There does seem to be a growing sense that there is a bit of a rush going on here and that there are, there are many people, including yourself, who are saying, let's take a bit more time over this. Well, legislate in haste and regret at your leisure. Um, I'm always reminded about um, the, the great uh, British general, uh, Wellington. He never allowed his men to cheer him when he had a victory, he says, because if they're cheering you one day, they'll be booing you the next. That's and what true. I feel is, you know, the public will be very relieved if we could get this across the line. But if the devil's in the detail, it's going to come back and bite us, and I can't allow that to happen. David, what's your view on the taking a 24-hour delay? I mean, there are those who might say, well, what's the difference? If you take 24 hours, why don't you take 48 hours? There might be some who would say, well, why don't you take another three months? Well, I think, first of all, Andrew's right to be suspicious, um, and I, I certainly would be. I've got no problem with a 24-hour delay, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to be presented with this tonight. We're going to have to make a decision. The question is, do we, do Andrew and I, really want to be going through the same division lobby as Keir Starmer and Dominic Grieve and all these other people who are deeply committed to keeping Britain in the European Union against the wishes of 17.5 million people? I don't really want to be in the same division lobby as them. And I think you know, what it comes down to is that they're asking us to vote down the deal because they want to keep us in the EU. I'm getting emails from people who are saying, vote this down. You know, the best deal is, is the one we've already got. These people are not trying to delay Brexit or trying to get a better deal. They're trying to stop Brexit. And I worry that if we vote this down tonight, we're playing straight into their hands. And doesn't that sound ironic as well, um, Andrew, because you're from that side of the party that wants to see a better deal uh, and you would rather have no deal uh, than perhaps this deal. But if you don't accept this deal, then you are putting Brexit in jeopardy, which is kind of counterintuitive to what you want, isn't it? That's the dilemma. But uh, certainly as the withdrawal agreement was originally worded, I mean, it was not a withdrawal agreement. It was a staying in agreement. Um, I'm pretty sure the EU, they know that Theresa May is not going to be here for an awful lot longer. Um, and they're rather keen on whoever the uh, next Prime Minister is, and, and, and indeed, which forever party is represented in government, uh, that they'll be negotiating with on the final relationship. Um, they want to make sure that they're completely stitched up by the withdrawal agreement, and, and that's, that's what I'm really worried about. I mean, watching last night's events over in Strasbourg, I was struck by the way that Theresa May just looked so completely and utterly kind of defeated. You know, she came out with Juncker. It was clearly his show. It was clearly his party. She was allowed to speak only when she could. Uh, she didn't look uh, as, if she, as if she cut a particularly uh, dominant or impressive figure. I mean, she's basically been worn down by this. Well, Mike, I think, you know, if we want to do a post-mortem on the negotiations and how we've ended up in this position, I mean, we'd need a very long programme, and it's going to be fairly, fairly depressing, I it think, isn't be, it? Yeah. You know, it's been more of a capitulation. Um, the, the flight over to uh, Strasbourg, uh, the announcement by David Lidington, and in the chamber of, you know, another piece of paper's arrived. We're going to have a, a unilateral declaration that we're going to walk away. Um, Mike... A, a journalist briefed me on the whole contents of, uh, of, of these extra agreements four hours earlier, and they were absolutely right. So that, that was all pure theatre, and that leads me to be very suspicious about the timetable today, where we've not even had uh, Geoffrey Cox's legal opinion, we haven't had any independent legal opinion of the documents, of their bind how binding they will be in, in international law, and we're being asked this evening to vote to make, make the most important decision we'll make while we're MPs, I don't doubt. And that timetable seems very rushed, and I think it's rushed for a reason. I think there may well be devil in the detail, and I need to get to it. And the problem here, David, as well, is it that, that, that this argument is taking place within the bounds of Westminster. You know, here we are sitting opposite the Palace of Westminster. You guys are all going to be in there having a very long day and probably quite a long night voting preferably to leave the European Union. However, everybody outside of Westminster is saying, we just want to leave. Yeah. We, you know, we don't care about yeah. you guys arguing. We don't care about lawyers. We don't care about the devil being in the detail. Yeah. We just want to get out. Now, they may be wrong to say that, but that's the, that's the feeling in the country at the moment. Well, I think it is even, even a lot of reasonable Remainers are saying, let's just get on with this now. We, lost, we were on the losing side of a referendum. The democratic will must be respected. Um, look, 
I think the worst case scenario here is that these guarantees that have been bought back are a fiction and that the European Union are going to try and ignore them. This is the worst case scenario, okay, that we all accept that. If that happens, quite frankly, we, we would be well within our rights, having got this, to turn around and say, regardless of any international treaties we've signed, in two years' time, if they have not worked towards a free trade agreement, we just go anyway and tell them to get stuffed, frankly. It's what the French did yeah. in the 1960s mm. over NATO. So there's, there's plenty of precedence there for EU countries well, tearing up. I mean, Remainers love we to give to you analogies about stay. things, don't they? How about you buy, you know, this one about when you, went, when you went to buy a house and you put an offer in and you found out that the, the ceiling was leaking, so you decided not to buy it. What if you buy a Hoover and a year later it breaks down? You can get you mean your a money. vacuum, you can, you can get your money back. No, I mean a Hoover. Because <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been subject to EU No, exactly. I mean a Hoover. I don't mean a Dyson either, by the way. But here's the thing. You know, what Many is, other you know, makes are available. Many right of here. them are. Thank you very much indeed for keeping us compliant with the rules <laughs> of broadcasting. Here's the thing, though. I mean, everybody seems to think that whatever we sign now is going to be absolutely incontrovertibly stuck to for the rest of time. That we, I mean, there is nothing in politics that works like that, in my opinion, anyway. Um, well, under the Vienna Convention, you can break, break out unilaterally from a treaty, but unfortunately the European Union never signed uh, the Vienna Convention, so uh, they, and they don't recognise it. At the end of How the day, democratic of them! Well, indeed. At the end of the day, we are a country that abides by treaties. I mean, the Article 50 came through the Lisbon Treaty. We didn't want to sign that, but you know, Gordon Brown signed us up to that, and that set out this two-year... Uh, delay in leaving the European Union, the, the schedule of negotiations, that has not been helpful. And I think everyone involved in the process realises it's not been helpful. It's aided the European Union. But because we'd signed a treaty, we went along with it. And yeah. that is the problem, that these are legal treaties. and, and they. But as David says, we, I mean, we've always got along with everything that we've signed, whereas the French haven't bothered. I mean, the French don't bother to take up uh, European legislation if they don't feel like it. They don't uh, actually adhere to European law if they don't feel like it. Why is it that we always do? Well, I think, uh, as Mr Macron's funny, I think France is becoming a reali increasing realisation it's actually ungovernable, isn't mm. it? Well, it's uh, not pleasant there. Well, they fall out of love with their politicians, well, fall in love and out of love with their politicians very, very quickly, as Mr Hollande and Mr Macron mm. uh, have, have discovered. Um, but we're not France, and we have a, a, a history of, of sticking with our treaties. Um, I really want to see the detail. And I say, if you, you can legislate quickly and, and regret at your leisure, that's generally mm. what's happened. David, we've had some, uh, some calls recently from people who are worried that if we sign up to the wrong kind of deal, i.e. this one, um, that we will be stuck in some way with some of the, the, the fallout from the Lisbon Treaty and we'll still be somehow bound by that. What can you tell them about the future if we sign this deal? Well, I, I, I totally accept that, and this is the worst-case scenario. What I would say to them is I would expect us to have a leader in two years' time, might be Theresa May, might be somebody else, who will turn around and say, that's not acceptable, and that we'll walk away and tear up any obligations because we are not obliged, because we've been given a legal guarantee... That, uh, that we're not going to be held in the backstop. We've got that now on paper in some form. Now, I don't know where it stands in the courts, but I do know that we could walk away if we wanted to. And what are Luxembourg and Juncker going to do? They're going to invade us? Mm. Well, you know, I don't think they are. So the, so the other risk is that if we vote this down tonight, we may end up losing everything because that's what the Remainers want. They want to, they want to delay and delay. Then they'll call for a second referendum. We'll have MEPs re-elected in, in May. This is all part of a strategy that is uh, that is being contrived by people like Tony Blair, Dominic Grieve, I regret to say, and others in the Conservative Party, um, plenty in the media and in the civil service, to try and keep us in the European Union. So the risk is that we're going to lose everything if we vote this down tonight. So now the $64,000 question, Andrew. Um, I know you need time to st study the documents longer. You want to hear what the legal uh, views are. What chance would you say uh, of this passing tonight for Theresa May? Well, I'm, I'm very careful. I, I don't speak for colleagues. Um, we've got an ERG meeting uh, later on this evening. Um, we haven't seen the, the, um, the legal um, opinion. I mean, I'm hearing rumours that Geoffrey Cox is actually struggling, the Attorney General is struggling to, uh, to change his legal opinion that we could be stuck in the backstop indefinitely. Um, and he's coming under a lot of pressure. From well, he has done a sort of what you might regard as a non-denial denial to John Snow this morning on Twitter. Indeed, and and he's using unparliamentary language as it's been described. I think it was. I think it may have been. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, that doesn't fill you with uh, with optimism that this is a legally binding guarantee that we won't get stuck in the backstop. And, and you know, to coin a phrase, if if the feeling is that nothing's changed, as, as Theresa May has said in the past. 
um, having voted against the withdrawal agreement because it's, it's a bad deal, how can I vote for it now just because I'm being put under pressure by the dilemmas that David T.C. Davis has just explained? Well, you know, At the end of the day, say. we do know that in our manifesto it said that no deal is better than a bad deal. Yes, but of course you also remember the great uh, mantra which is now sort of uh, upon us all, which is that uh, in democracy you're allowed to change your mind. Well, when the facts change, I change my mind. But it you can change your mind anyway, though, well, surely. Well, surely you can take the view that now, because of the difficulty that we seem to have going forward, that this appears to be the best that Theresa May can do. Now, you can argue that well, others I, might do better. Absolutely, absolutely, I can agree with that. But if, ultimately, signing up to the withdrawal agreement will not get us out of the European Union, if we're going to have to have that fight, then perhaps we're best to have it now. And people will say, well, if you don't agree to this, what we're going to do is the... The Remain factions in Parliament are going to force us into a customs arrangement where we'll never be able to have our independent trade policy. Well, the way I read the withdrawal agreement, we're heading to a customs agreement with the European Union, which will prevent us having an independent trade policy anyway. And rather than just, you know, and I know the country's completely fatigued with Brexit, but if there's a fight to be had, I don't want to kick the can down the road. I'd rather we had it now and sort it out once and for all. The good thing about these votes is that, you know, they're all they're all uh, public votes. People have got to put their name, and if they want to, you know, vote down Theresa May's deal and then take try and take no deal off the table, we will know. The public will know. Their electorate will know the people who tried to sabotage Brexit, and and that's going to be really interesting. And you might be one of them, by the sounds of it. Well, I might be voting against the deal. I want to see the legal advice and see where it leads us. I mean, you know, I say again, if if Geoffrey Cox, the Attorney General, who's done these negotiations, is struggling to change his legal opinion that we could be strapped trapped in the backstop indefinitely that does not fill me with confidence no i don't think it would fill many people with confidence but andrew thank you very much indeed andrew bridging conservative mp thank you. Uh, for northwest leicestershire wants more time wants to study the documentation no harm in doing that Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here in Westminster on Talk Radio. We are joined uh, in the tent of shame with Steve McCabe, Labour MP for Sally Oaks, who's probably voting against the deal tonight. Owen Smith is here as well, also Labour MP for Pottypreet. Uh, he's voting against the deal too. Uh, we can't find too many people who are voting for it at the moment, it has to be said. Owen, a very good morning to you and uh, welcome. You're looking particularly pleased with yourself this morning. Uh, well, I'm well. I'm pleased in as much as I think the deal is bad for Britain, bad for my constituents, and I'm pleased that it looks likely that it's going to be defeated tonight. So the deal is a busted flush, isn't it? Uh, I think it probably is. I think Geoffrey Cox, the legal uh, officer for the government, uh, has hold it below the waterline this morning. I mean, it does strike me as absolutely remarkable that a government that used to describe itself as the natural party of government in this country can have been out on the airwaves this morning saying that this was a substantive change, that it was legally enforceable, that we could exit the backstop unilaterally, uh, and their legal officer clearly didn't agree with that and has said so very, very clearly and publicly. I mean, if you can't get the people who want Brexit to vote for you and you can't get the people who want to stay in the European Union to vote for you, it's a pretty bad place to be, isn't it? It is. Uh, you know, the, the, the reality is to coin a phrase used so widely by Theresa May, nothing has changed. Uh, Parliament is completely deadlocked. The only way in which we get out of this is by putting it back to the people with a public vote. Now, Steve, I put this to you earlier, um, just before uh, we went to the news there. You know, do either of you feel as though you are somehow betraying those who voted to leave the European Union by doing what you're doing tonight, i.e. not voting for this deal? Steve? No, I don't at all. I mean, I just don't think anybody asked me to vote for an arrangement that was going to make them worse off, as I said to you. I, I'm quite happy to accept the referendum outcome, but I think actually the point is, and I, I don't know exactly where Owen is with his uh, you know, referendum, but I think now you could reasonably go back to folk and say, look, this is the best possible deal. This is exactly what it means to leave. Is that what you want? And that way we would know without doubt what people are after. Because up until now, people have been uh, living on promises that have disintegrated one after the other. Well, everything's disintegrated before our very eyes. Well, really. that, I mean, that has been the Prime I Minister's mean, achievement, I agree it's with It's been that. like watching a Harry Potter film, to be honest. I mean, Owen, you and I have had our differences in the past about what should happen and what you should be doing for your constituents and what your constituents want from you and all of that. You put out a remarkable tweet uh, earlier on today where you said they've actually managed to reduce the size of the actual document itself, uh, which is now only half the size it used to be. What's that all about? Uh, well, it's a perfect symbol of the con-trick Brexit that Theresa May is trying to uh, you know, 
inflict on the country. They haven't changed a single word in the withdrawal agreement, but the 585 pages have been reduced to 270 odd by shifting the uh, size they of the, the font. They've shifted the size of the font and, the, and altered the borders and reduced the white space. The space. You know, it's a complete. It's a complete smoke and mirrors. Well, maybe contract. saving paper. Uh, well, I suspect that is what they will argue when they're pushed mm. on it. You know, but it is unfortunately just illustrating. But you're unlike Steve, one of those. But you're one of those who doesn't want to honour the uh, result of the referendum, right? Look, I've argued consistently, I've argued it for the best part of three years, that we didn't know exactly the form of Brexit that was going to be taken. The Brexit is now clearly exposed as being bad for Steve's constituents and my constituents. It's going to make our country poorer. The government, even those people who were in favour of Brexit, like Theresa May, acknowledge officially that it will make our economy smaller. That means more austerity in Steve's constituency and mine. It's also at odds, I think, with Labour's deeper internationalist values and that's why it's not betraying our constituents to vote against it, it's acting in their interests which is what we were sent to Parliament to do But if it was so brilliant to be in the European Union why did we need austerity in the first place? You can't argue it from both sides of the fence, can you? Well, we've had this conversation before Matt. austerity was down to the banking crash in 2008 and and the fact that the Tories then <laughs> stupidly went I'm went not going to round with you again to no, I'm not their way again. back to growth, it was always a dull trap. idea Rubbish. Now, what happens tomorrow, Steve, when you've all voted this down? Uh, he says he's going to vote for no deal uh, off the table, right? Uh, presumably you'll do the same. You yeah, know, definitely voting against no deal. That OK, would be a disaster. So, so then we move to an extension of Article 50. What, what do we do then? I mean, what are the rest of the world supposed to do watching all this? Well, I think actually the people who are more important are the people here. It's their future. So well, that's going what to be I mean by the rest of the world outside the Westminster Village. Oh, I see. I see. I thought you were going international with me. Well, I, I mean, we are. Know. We can talk about internationally as well because yeah. I tell you what, over in Europe, they're all going. What's going on in Britain? Yeah. Well, look, it's very simple. The one person who actually actually listened to this is Theresa May. Now, she could get a majority if she were to come up with a better deal. Um, not everybody would be satisfied. Owen uh, acknowledges that. That's fair enough. But there is a potential parliamentary majority. But it's for a different deal from the deal she's offered. And it's one that has to actually keep us in some customs arrangement. And it has to keep us in some close alignment with the single market. That is the deal that will work for people who want to leave. So this particular deal that's coming up before you tonight, does that not make you go towards that... Uh sort of road because those who are against it who are the brexiteers are saying this isn't leaving europe at all so how is it not satisfying what you'd like well as i say because the long-term arrangements for us are not clear for this and the evidence is that we're going to end up isolated uh from the customs union and the single market and in fact the problem is they may have slimmed down the withdrawal document but the actual other document virtually doesn't exist at all we have no idea what this government's long-term plans are. You do not vote by licking your finger and sticking it up in the air. That's a really silly way to behave. Well, I mean, a lot of people do, actually, funny <laughs> enough. Irene, mean, um, where, do, where does it all end? I mean, we can't keep doing this forever, which is what it looks like we are going to do, because there is no majority for anything. No, and the clear risk is that uh, Theresa May will have... Theresa May will lose tonight. She will then have one more go at getting it through before March the 29th. If she loses then... Um, we will by then have already voted to extend the Article 50 period, um, then my grave concern is what she will do is just go round the merry-go-round one more yeah. time or even two or three or four or five times before the end of June. That is not going to change anything unless there are substantive changes to the withdrawal agreement. There is going to be no majority here in the House of Commons unless the ERG and the DUP blink. And at the moment, mm. unless the legal text changes, they're clearly not going Doesn't to. Doesn't look like So it, the no. answer has to be to put it back to the people. Well, that may well be the answer. I'm, I'm not one who thinks that is the answer, but it may also not provide a solution because all it may do is give you yet another kind of very, very close result uh, which will not please one side or the other in particular. And, you know, I mean, we got here because of a referendum. I don't understand why a second one makes it any better. Well, I think a second referendum would either show that the British public that is now much more informed about what Brexit actually means can see that it's going to make our economy smaller, it's going to make us more isolated in Europe, it's not going to deliver trade deals, etc. If that's still what they want, then so be A lot it. of them still believe that is what they want. Well, we don't know that. All we know is polls show us that opinion has shifted about 8 to 10% the other direction away from Brexit, but we won't officially know until we've got a deal. Well, that's the trouble. Anyway, thank you very much indeed, guys. Uh, Owen Smith, uh, Steve McCabe, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you again for time immemorial. 
uh, for the rest of the time that we still have on this earth, I'm afraid. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are uh, in Westminster. We are live. We'll bring you all the details and all the debates as they come up. Uh, this is Talk Radio. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The fallout, the fury, the future. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Live from Westminster. Order on Talk Radio. I'm joined now by two MPs, more closely related than perhaps even they realise. Tom Brake, who is the Lib Dem Brexit spokesman, of course, uh, from down there in Carshalton in Surrey. Uh, and then from Sutton and Cheam, Paul Scully, uh, Tory MP, of course, uh, a, Brexit, a Brexiteer uh, by nature, I suppose you might say. Um, both of you, I think, are related by, by being very, very close to each other in Surrey. We're next to each other, and actually Tom's my um, MP. I oh, good. Just so if you've got any problems that you want to sort yeah, out with I'm, him while he's yeah, here. Forget Brexit, uh, it's all about, about the potholes and bins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's very important stuff down there. Tom, first of all, over to you. I mean, clearly you're not going to vote for this deal. You're one of the few people uh, who's able to make a definitive statement at this time, uh, many, many hours before the vote actually takes place. Yes, because for the Liberal Democrats, we've always been clear that the best deal that uh, is available is the the one that we have within the European Union, and therefore the Prime Minister's deal uh, fails on that front. Okay, let's just interrupt you for a second, because Ross Kempsell's with us. Uh, We understand that the Attorney General's um, legal advice on the new deal uh, has just been published. Ross? That's right. I've just uh, received a copy of the letter from the Attorney General's office that was presented to Cabinet this morning. Now, the key part of this advice, which runs to three pages from Geoffrey Cox, the crucial document that Tory rebels have been waiting for, says that it reduces the risk of being trapped in the backstop. So he uses that phrase, reduces the risk. Now, that phrase, I think, will be poured over in the coming hours by Tory rebels. Whether that is enough for them at this stage, we will have to wait and see what the so-called star chamber of Brexit backing eight lawyers who give the legal advice to the Tory say I mean my instinct at the moment and not to preview their their analysis their own analysis but based on what has been said before reading between the lines here I wouldn't think this is quite enough for them at this stage there are lots of other factors though there's the political reality not just the legal reality so we have to see whether uh, uh, they develop uh, uh, and they change their views as the day goes on it's not exactly a ringing endorsement though is it Paul Scully's here with us Paul um, what do you make of that uh, particular piece of uh, news well uh, he has to see it uh, has to say it as he sees it um, but I've always been uh, supportive of the deal last time I'll be supportive of the deal today because um, when you look at the backstop you've got you as Ross said you've got to look at the political reality that's not just to get Brexit over the line but it's why the EU don't find it particularly comfortable for it to come into effect or last for any length Mm. of time that's because if it ever did we, Michelle Barnier was always talking about cherry picking. It literally does allow us to cherry pick because we have full access to the single market. Uh, we have full access to the customs union, but we don't have to pay the membership fees and we 
don't have freedom of movement. So that's not something they're going to want mm. to last at all. Right. But, I mean, the Attorney General coming out and saying the legal risk is effectively unchanged. This is a slightly well, less talks- risk than there was yesterday. Um, but it's not exactly going to convince well, anyone, is it? Well, look, at the end of the day, you, you the only way you can get rid of the risk entirely is to get rid of the backstop. So, uh, and that was just never going to happen. We, we, we knew that. They were telling us for, for weeks, the, you've been telling us they're not going to open up the uh, withdrawal agreement. So the, the wording is there to give those extra reassurances, but clearly it's not going to reduce the risk entirely. So it's now up to the ERG, one, to see if that satisfies them. Uh, but secondly, most importantly for me, is to the, the fact that they risk losing Brexit in its entirety. Yes. And I've always said I'm never going to be a hero- heroic loser having campaigned to leave and voted to leave. And Tom Brake is with me as well, Lib Dem spokesman on Brexit. Presumably, Tom, you must be absolutely loving this because what you want is for us not to leave the European Union and so therefore you will do your level best in association with anyone to stop it from happening. Well, what I'm not loving is the fact that in the, for the last two and a half years the country has been in, in chaos, frankly. And what I'm certainly not loving is that if, if the Prime Minister's deal uh, gets through and... You know, that, that statement from Cox that uh, basically it reduces the risk, I don't think will be sufficient for some ERG members. But, but if, the, uh, if the deal goes through, all that we're going to have for the next five years are exactly the same characters in the ERG banging on about the fact that the government are, are not doing a deal that, with the EU in terms of our future relationship, which is hard enough. Uh, further, far enough away from the European Union. So all of these arguments that we've had, we're going to have them multiplied by 10 for the next five years as within the Tory party. They fight among themselves about whether they want a future relationship that is close to the European Union or that is far from it. So we can look forward to many, many more years of you and me sitting here, perhaps Paul, with, with Paul as well, debating Brexit. But you'll be sitting there moaning about it for the next five years as well, like you have been for the last two. Well, as I said, you know, I I think Brexit is bad for the United Kingdom. In fact, the government's own analysis confirms that whatever Brexit you go for is bad for the United Kingdom economically. So, yes, I will continue to fight this. If, uh, however, the Prime Minister's deal gets through and eventually Parliament, uh, you know, Parliament completes the ratification, ratification process because, of course, what we've then got to do if a deal gets through is actually pass legislation to, to reflect that. Uh, if eventually this all goes through, then, of course, I will have to accept that we, 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 you know, it's over from that point of view and will then want to work as, as hard but as that's I can what everyone to ensure the, to best, do, the best outcome. It? I mean, eventually everyone will have to accept that it's over and that now we could move on with the rest of the business of what we normally should yeah, be doing. Of and course. I should point out to you that we're up one a point one uh, percent in the old economic growth stakes for January, apparently, which is up point one on uh, February. It's up to point five. Right. Well, we're okay. To well, that, that's a, a, a so we're in the right direction. Very paltry compared to what we were achieving paltry, under the yeah, co- coalition a, government. Yeah, but it's not. It's not bad is, news, though. We're doing pretty well uh, compared to some of the other European countries at the moment. But Tom talks about the fact that the next five years we're uh, you know we're going to be debating the issue. We will c- continue to debate the issue clearly. But if we don't get Brexit at all do not think that's going to go away because we've had a referendum people have spoken they want to leave uh, and and so ju- the fact that they, they will sit there scratching their heads looking at the place across the road in parliament thinking how on earth have these guys failed to do what we've asked them to do it's a simple request yeah. it's a complicated lead up clearly uh, in any negotiation but we should be have the wherewithal as politicians to be able to make this happen politically i'm a, a, you know it's not difficult maths you've got to be able to count and do the numbers frankly quite right and also from what Tom was saying there'll be all the same people doing all the same things I mean presumably if this goes horribly wrong for Theresa May and you may have a view on this Tom as well but Paul more importantly um, she's not going to be around any any longer is she I mean she's going to have to walk away and and, and either resign as Prime Minister or allow there to be a leadership contest around her which she can't win what are you talking about now? If, yeah. this, if this doesn't go yeah. through tonight, no, we can't. We can't do that because, frankly, if any leadership competition takes about six weeks. I mean, crikey. Well, we, I don't we, mean we, now, like as in immediately. But well, I'm she, saying, if she, she loses she, tonight, she has no mandate any longer, surely, to lead the country out of the European Union well, or indeed into no, any promised land. No, we need to see where we're going because we've got two more votes. Um, if we don't get, succeed tonight, in terms of uh, uh, No Deal and terms of extending Article 50, we need to see where we're going to go over the next uh, next few weeks. What we need is to get our head down, not worry about. Uh, leadership and individuals and these kind of things and just get on with the job. And that's, yeah, but if that's she was foot managing a football team, she would have been gone a long time ago. And it wouldn't be Zinedine Zidane time for her. They well, wouldn't be asking her to come back. Part, part of the reason that's because there's always another uh, five five managers looking over the shoulder <laughs> waiting for the job. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's, that, then that's easier to, to replace managers, frankly. Tom, I mean, you can't possibly see a long future for Theresa May as Prime Minister if she loses this vote tonight, can you? 
No, I, I think her credibility will have been shot, and I think what um, you know the the, the movement that the the battles that are going on for the Tory leadership, I, I think, are already reflected in the statements that some key uh, Tory politicians like Sajid Javid are, are making. I think they are positioning themselves uh, to challenge her. Now, whether that's going to come on the back of her, her losing significantly a vote, on, on the back of her deciding, to, frankly, to walk because she's had enough, uh, enough of it, whether that comes at the point where perhaps in a couple of days Parliament has voted to extend Article 50 in complete, you know, contrast to what she ha has argued I don't think anyone's sure but but whether it's Amber Rudd um, uh, Sajid Javid uh, I, I don't know I mean Paul probably knows who the other leadership contenders are but they are all positioning themselves for a future future leadership contest all I know is not me uh, no, well, you never know. I mean, you know, no, I'll, I'll back things, you, Paul. Yeah, that's very good. That's my career that day, Serious <laughs> question: If she does lose tonight, I mean, uh, what would be the chances of you um, then having a real split in the Tory party? I mean, we've seen the Labour Party having a few problems with their kind of exterior meetings being held by Tom Watson and others. I mean, you've surely got to worry about the future of the Tory party as a whole, well, um, because it's so disunited. I mean, I'll be frank: if we don't get it through, um, there's going to be a real um, hiatus and rift in the country. I mean, it was already debating, but coming back. To the party I've always said to colleagues you know we are doing this for the best what, what we believe for the best for the country but we've got a party to put back together again because it's clearly a, a, a big debate within the party Tom talks about conservatives fighting I would argue that the Lib Dems uh, have a uh, position that they want to the ne referendum never happened and stay in as do the SNP we're, we're all too aware the, the, the Labour, referendum happened the, the Labour, we, we the Labour Party the Labour Party uh, well the leadership anyway wants to just have a general election mm. uh, that's all they're interested in Jeremy Corbyn could come up with a deal give it to Theresa May he'd still vote against it his own deal mm. because he just wants a general election so it is only the Conservative Party that are having this this uh, vibrant debate shall we say yes. in a typical <laughs> British understatement and bizarrely uh, we're only here because the Conservative Party's been having a vibrant debate about Europe for as long as I've been alive 30 years, much. Yeah. Well, but there's been this is something that's Very been kind, thank this you. is something that's been resonating in, uh, across the country. You know, I actually um, voted for the referendum party in 1997, and then I voted. I, I joined the party two weeks later, and this is this is my penance actually right. to uh, uh, to, to sit in a tent for the rest of the Absolutely, time. Absolutely, yeah, But I mean, what about uh, the likelihood that this vote gets postponed tonight as well, or at least uh, kicked into tomorrow? There's a lot of people making noises that we need more time to look at the document. I mean, now that the Attorney General has made his uh, position clear, maybe that will change. But certainly, a lot of politicians we've spoken to this morning are saying we definitely need more time to study this well uh, I think we've just got to get on and get it done I mean we'll see we'll see what happens I can't see any reason why we do need to I think the people are will listen to the Attorney General when he makes his oral statement um, in about an hour I think there's uh, the Prime Minister speaking t to uh, the Conservatives certainly shortly um, and there'll be a lot of discussion over over the day and then um, I don't see any reason why we can't talk about it and vote at seven o'clock when are you going to hire uh, Dominic Grieve to become a Lib Dem by the way so my next question to you Mr Brake well, clearly Dominic is very happy where he is in the Conservative Party. Well, nobody uh, else is happy, though. <laughs> he's doing a very good job of, of uh, providing advice, um, unbiased advice on, on issues to do with uh, legal matters, which, of course, was his brief when he was a government minister. Um, I, he, he's, not, he's not approached us, um, but, you know, I, I, I like what he says and what he does and the fact that he's outspoken on, on this issue of Brexit. And I mean, I know that it's a slightly flippant point I'm making, but, you know, is it not time that we somehow realigned the political parties in this country so that you did have... I mean, the Lib Dems the only party that I can think of specifically uh, which campaigns on, leave, on staying inside the European Union. And surely that's what you would want, isn't it? You'd want a sort of... You want all the people who want to stay in the European Union in one party, don't you? Well, uh, in perhaps in other in other countries uh, around the world where they have a, dish, a, a different electoral system, you could well have a much larger number of uh, political parties uh, in the field. And for instance, that might that, that Paul Scully uh, stayed within the referendum party, whatever it is he, he was involved with before the Conservative Party, um, uh, rather than joining the Conservative Party, because there would have been a wider range of options. Uh, indeed, there are some countries like Holland where there are two Liberal parties, something that you know, we, we, we could do with here, perhaps. You know, the domestic agenda, it's going to be interesting to see how the independent group get on because uh, uh, the Conservatives that left, uh, left specifically because of Brexit with the Labour Party... 
different reasons and it'll be interesting to see what they do actually when they come up with a manifesto a chucker vision you might say they actually might actually uh, you know come up with and see where their differences actually range and finally the the, the question everybody wants to know the answer to uh, now that we've got some legal advice from Jeffrey Cox um, basically nothing has really changed it looks like this 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 vote is going down it's going to lose well look we'll see we'll see um, I, I really fear that if we don't get this over the line tonight then uh, um, uh, with no deal um, perhaps coming off the table tomorrow in the vote that leaves us um, uh, one of our big uh, the fact that we can't walk away with no deal really weakens us we extend article 50 I really uh, worry that we're going to have no Brexit at all and that for me is just unthinkable right Tom that's good news for you isn't it all well, I, I suppose what, what we found out today that um, Cox's uh, COD piece had, had no content, I think. Um, and he's harsh. just con- confirmed that, uh, uh, that there has been a reduction in the risk, but, but not very much. And therefore, probably nothing very much has changed. Certainly the withdrawal agreement hasn't changed. Uh, so I'd expect some of those ERG members to be consistent in voting against the Prime Minister's deal later on this evening. Mm. It looks that way. Like I say, there's never going to eliminate the risk entirely unless you ditch the backstop, yeah. which was never going to happen. Well, maybe they should never have allowed it to be put in in the first place, but that's another story. Well, Paul Scully, thank you very much indeed. Tom Brake, thank you. Uh, we'll be back uh, with you all taking your calls. 0344 Apparently the legal risk uh, of the backstop is unchanged, according to the Attorney General. This is Talk Radio. Uh, Stephen Gethins is MP, uh, Foreign Affairs and Europe spokesperson. Uh, Stephen, welcome to the Tent of Shame. Thank you very much. Thank you very yeah. much for, for joining us. It's a us. lot drier in here than it is outside. It is, uh, only slightly. Uh, well, unfortunately, the Tories seem to have lost all of their wets recently, haven't they? But uh, at the end of the day, where are we here? Because uh, we appear to be yeah, with the best one in the world nowhere once yeah, again. I, I don't think we are. Look, first of all, full respect to you and your team for being out here. For, for, for your much. listeners, it is a grotty day out there and you guys are outside. Yes. I get to go inside to a nice warm chamber after this. Um, it's not very nice in there either, though. No, it's not. It's, 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 it's a lot colder. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, shall, shall we say. Um, look, I, 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 where we are at the moment is this doesn't change anything what we've seen overnight. We're wasting yet more time. And as somebody who believes in the European project and somebody who believes in the benefits that we get, and I know there are others who don't, yep. but, 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 but bear with me, we're focused on this process, which is Theresa May trying to get the DUP, who are already a minority in Northern Ireland, and, and her hard, her, her headbangers, as one Tory MP described them um, last night on the television, on side. She's not reached out to the other parties. And also, we're not discussing, what does this mean for trade? What does this mean for jobs? What does this mean for future opportunities for young people? What does this mean for education? And we're not discussing these issues. And we know from the government's own analysis that this deal is bad for each and every one of those things. The difficult thing, of course, for her as well, is that inside the Houses of Parliament, the Westminster bubble, um, there are many, many people like your own party who don't want to leave the European Union. And you're being honest enough about it to say that. Uh, So are the Lib Dems. Not everybody, however, is being honest about it. And in the end, she is trying to carry out a difficult job which was voted on by the people of this country, and she's getting no help at all from the people who don't want it to happen, if you know what I mean. Well, I'm, I'm in a situation... OK, and, and, and you're right, full disclosure, I come from part of the United Kingdom, Scotland, um, which, of course, retains its sovereignty, voted overwhelmingly to stay part of the European 62%. Union. 62%. Mm. But that's that's pretty high. If, if you, you got at, that in your A-levels, you wouldn't be too happy. I'd, I'd, well, if you got that, you know, 62% is pretty good by anybody's reckoning. But look, that, that apart, the first thing that the SNP did, the first thing the Scottish government did, actually, was to say, well, look, we voted to remain. How do we find a way through this? Now, Nicola Sturgeon did that, started the process the day after the referendum. And she put together um, a group of experts drawn from other political parties, former European Court of Justice judge, business leaders, academics, experts. Because sometimes experts are sometimes worth listening to. Some of them are. And then we came up with a compromise that said, well, because of the tightness of the vote, because of the economic hit we'll take, we should stay part of the single market and the customs union, but leave. Because the only question was put, do you want to leave the European Union? Now, the Brexiteers didn't have the courage of their convictions to put down any kind of details about what Brexit meant. But that's the and trouble with referendums, isn't it, in general? Well, you can't really... I mean, when you had the independence referendum... We put together you, a 650-page white paper... Yeah, but plus the question was, do you want to leave the UK or not? Well, it is, and that's, that's why... That's the question. And, and it is. But that's why what happens beforehand is really important. It's like a general election. Mm. What happens before you cast your vote is really important. Yes, but in what any, I'm saying is the well, choice I, that you if give I, people, If I can just finish the point, oh, which no, is, I'll, I'll let you finish the yeah. point. But what I'm saying is if you're drawing up a referendum, you have to get a yes or no 
answer. You can't have 55 different options, can you? Yeah, but I was trying to answer your question, which is this. Which is, if you have a referendum, what you do is if you win, you're held to account for the promises that you're made beforehand. Not after folk have cast their vote. Beforehand. Now, that happens in normal party politics. I look at the Conservative manifesto that they were elected on. They can look at the one I was elected on. And and we can see where we're keeping our promises. Now, in a referendum, we published a 650-page white paper, various fiscal commission working groups. You don't have to agree with everything that's in that. But then, if well, had we... people didn't, didn't they? No, and that, which is fine, because not everybody's going to. And that's, that's, I don't agree with everything that's in other manifestos or white papers, too. But what would have happened afterwards is we would have had a document by which our opponents and those who are opposed to independence, who had perfectly legitimate views, were able to then hold us to account by what we said beforehand. We have none of that. And actually, that shows a lack of guts that came from the Brexiteers but the reason side, for that, and a though, lack of self-confidence the in their own beliefs. That, surely the reason for that is that you don't really have as cut and dry a situation as Scottish independence. Scottish independence, you have a party which wants independence for well, Scotland, right? Now, what you don't have in Westminster is a party, apart from the Lib Dems that nobody likes, it's a party that actually you can vote for if you want to stay in the European Union or if you want to leave. And I've been arguing this now for a while. I think we need to change the, the format of British politics so that if you want to leave the European Union, you have a party that you can vote for and you can hold to account. There's nobody to hold to account in this. Well, there's nobody to hold to account. Now, for... First of all, in terms of um, other political parties, that's not for me to judge. That's, of course that's, not. You that's, don't have to say that's, anything about that's, that. That's for others. Um, but in terms of, of this, you need to hold folk to account. Now, you had senior government ministers like Boris Johnson, like Michael Gove, David Davis, who campaigned for leave and then were in government mm-hmm. and then suddenly turned around and it's all a complete mess. They argued for this and they had senior positions in government and now throw up their hands and say, none do with us, isn't it terrible? Take a better responsibility, for goodness sake. Well, I think the responsibility was taken away from them by the likes of the Brexit uh, negotiators and by their, their Boris own Johnson Prime Minister. was Foreign Secretary for two years. Do you know, if, if it was taken away from him, then he was a more hopeless Foreign Secretary yeah. than I give it, you know, than I thought he would. any other political parties, because obviously that's for other people to do. Well done. <laughs> happily. Let's happily take a phone so. call, if you don't mind. Let's yeah, take a sure, phone call sure, from, sure. Uh, I think it's Eva, uh, who is in Somerset. Hello, Eva. Hello, hello, Mike. Um, I wanted to say that I think any politician that votes for a deal that is going to hamper our ability to trade on our own terms with the rest of the world is being irresponsible and is going to damage our economy in the, well, probably in the long term. Um, We all know that Brexit is probably going to um, make us suffer a little bit in the beginning, but it's for the best in the long run. Well, Stephen sitting here next to me doesn't agree with you. Um, So how do you convince him? Hi, Eva. Uh, hi, Stephen. Um, well, probably there's no convincing. I just want to make my opinion known. Um, I think that people, uh, it's been said before that people that are entrenched on either side of the debate are, you know, not going to change their minds. So um, I think politicians will vote whatever way they want to vote. And uh, there will be repercussions. I, I think that's the most uh, true statement I've heard all morning, uh, Eva, from you. Thank you very much indeed. And Stephen, Thanks, I mean, Eva. that is yeah. the problem, isn't it? The problem we currently have yeah. is that we have reached this impasse. Yeah, we We've have. been at the impasse for quite a long time. Yeah. And I'm not sure that I can find any way through it um, that other people uh, have suggested thus far. Do you know, How do you think we yeah. get out of it? Well, do you know, the, 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 there's, there's a way of doing things and there's a way of not doing things. And I thought the way that Eva made her point there, and I, I, I happen to disagree with her, but she made a, ver- a perfectly valid and good mm. point and, and, and did so in a good way. Um, and we happen to disagree, but that's okay. That's what Parliament's yeah. for, you sure. know. And that's that's what living in a well, democracy you, you is for. You guys have the but job I, of, of, of fixing yeah. the disagreement. Can I, can I tell an you what Westminster doesn't do well? You've got Theresa May right now governing as if she's got a majority of a hundred, as if she's got a Tony Blair or Margaret Thatcher esque mm. kind of majority, which she doesn't. Now, for years in Scotland, and it's like other European legislators, you know, um, we've had a minority government. And in a minority government, you have to speak to the other parties because you can't get anything mm-hmm. through. I remember in the 2007 to 2011 Scottish Parliament, the SNP had 47 out of 129 seats. But we got through four budgets. We got through world-leading climate change legislation, big changes in how we produce our electricity. We got That's because you were in compared with the Green Party. No, it wasn't, actually. Because with the Green Party at that time, that would have only been another five or six votes. So nowhere near the 65. So... There were always so during that time, and it requires a responsible opposition. And sometimes the Liberals voted with us, sometimes the Labour Party voted f- with us, sometimes the Greens voted with us, and even on occasion, 
the Conservatives voted with us. Now, that requires... Now, one, one thing I've noticed, Theresa May does not speak to opposition politicians, does not engage with them, and that means we're in the mess that she's in. Let's talk to Ross Campbell, who's our political editor. Ross, uh, what do you, t- you got for us? Yeah, just bring some breaking lines in the last few moments. This follows a report from the Financial Times, which is uh, running that the DUP, according to sources, will not back the deal. Now, I'm That's just seeing surprise. another line coming in from a DUP source as well. I understand the DUP will not back the deal after Geoffrey Cox's legal advice. So that is a really significant blow for the Prime Minister. Uh, I would say quite firmly, um, you know, barring an absolute miracle with the way that Geoffrey Cox's statement goes in the Commons and something extraordinary happening this afternoon, that means the deal will be rejected by the House of Commons. Uh, maybe as many as 60 to 70 Tory ERG MPs will continue to uh, stick their vote uh, alongside the DUP and reject the deal. I do think that that means that the numbers are likely to come down a lot less than they would have done otherwise. Um, it's still the case because there's a split developing in the ERG right now. There are some softer ERG MPs who have been persuaded and are saying in private that now is the time to back the deal. So Theresa May could be looking at getting a better result, but the question is, is it going to be a better result by a very slim margin, in which case it's not It's not a great result for her overall, uh, even if she manages to knock 30 to 40 votes, perhaps. Mm. Uh, that would perhaps be seen as the best that number 10 can hope for at the moment. It's just horrendous, isn't it? Stephen, I have to say, I mean, it's a bit like watching a wounded animal, isn't it? I mean, it's just not very um, sort of pleasant. It's There's nobody winning here. No. You're just kind of waiting for something to die. This is this is a mess. It's a calamitous mess. I, I, I was discussing, and I know this is not, not a word, right now, right, we've been discussing Brexit for years, right, we're, and, and we're talking about like the, the least worst yeah. option. Yesterday, I, I managed to raise climate change, and, and I know it's, look, and, and bear with me, I raised climate change, and that's a big, that's a, that's a generation-defining issue, and we're not talking about it. Yeah. Just well, to give you, you one say- example, well, you might say you know, Brexit is as well, I suppose. Well, you, you might, but in terms of the long-term consequences, but with Brexit, it seems like managed decline. I, I, do you know what? Do you know what's interesting with the Brexiteers? Nobody's arguing about how better things will be, how much better it'll be. It's all about how do we make this less bad. I'm not in politics to make things less bad. I'm in politics to make things better. And it's and, and it's. Well, and why it's, are you doing it then? Well, I, I am. Hey? I am by avoiding the cliff edge, <laughs> by trying to get us out there, and also. By making Scotland, if you like, a normal independent state like most of our neighbours, like Ireland, Denmark, Norway, and that would give us a better relationship with the rest of the UK, and I think it would give us the rest of the UK a more meaningful and realistic approach to the rest of Europe. Just what we need, another referendum. That'll well, take us into the next 12 Well, years, do you know so what? If somebody knows what they're doing with a referendum, they don't, this is chaos and calamity because yep. they don't have a clue what they're doing. That's another a clearer word spoken there. Stephen Gethers, SMP, MP, Foreign Affairs and Europe spokesman. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.